on the last episode of Solvable. The majority of our population is 20, 25, maybe 30,000 is the population. Now, we got a lot of transient traffic, but here's my thing is, how many killers can you have in one city that is that small? We reviewed several unsolved homicide cases from southern Jackson County, Mississippi, that investigators believe could be the work of one or more serial killers. All of the cases occurred in the same area and around the same time our baby Jane and her missing mother were reported. But like we mentioned at the end of the last episode, there may be an interesting connection between baby Jane's case and that of a self-professed serial killer known as the Interstate Man. His real name is Louis Lee Riddle Jr., often called Lovey Riddle. In case files from Toronto to Texas and peppered across numerous internet web sleuthing websites, Lovey Riddle's name pops up, not just for his potential involvement in the case of baby Jane Delta Dawn and her mother, but for all sorts of crimes. And that may be just how Lovey envisioned it. We've recently been able to get our hands on excerpts of Lovey's journals. These writings were found when he was arrested in Maine in the fall of 1988. When officers got him into custody, they were initially only interested in Lovey for a felony sex offense. But while he was sitting in the interrogation room, he declared he was actually responsible for as many as 30 murders and dozens of other violent crimes in two countries. Five years before his arrest in Maine, however, Lovey actually came on the police's radar in southern Mississippi. Documents show that Jackson County Sheriff's investigators brought him in for questioning in relation to the January 1983 murder of an 18-year-old woman named Karen Ann Pierce. Karen was a young woman from nearby Gaucher, Mississippi, whose horrifically mutilated body was found on January 11, 1983, just one month after baby Jane Delta Dawn was recovered from the Escataba River. In a phone interview with us last year, investigator Hope Manning explained more about Lovey Riddle. We put him here during Delta's murder, the other murder, and as a witness to the Karen Ann Pierce case. In 1988, Levy was arrested for a sexual battery. In the vehicle, he had three journals. In those three journals, he talked about killing 13 people, and he gave descriptions. Well... I ended up getting copies of all the, everything the state police had at the time. While police discussed Karen's case with Lovey, he revealed potential clues in the case of Baby Jane slash Delta Dawn. Most importantly, he gave investigators a name, someone named Spider. Lovey even said in a, I guess in one of the interviews, in a handwritten interview, that a biker by the name of Spider had actually thrown... Delta over that bridge. He was in a biker club. Then with the Delta case, he said Spider had, you know, hooked up with a mom who had a child and, you know, Spider did this and, you know, and he couldn't name the motorcycle gang. Allegedly, Spider was involved with the biker club that allegedly um, killed Karen Ann Pierce. Investigators were never able to corroborate any of Lovey's information or statements about this spider character. And not long after being questioned, Alabama authorities requested he be transferred out of Mississippi to face charges for another crime in their state. 
But that wouldn't be the last time Jackson County law enforcement would hear from Lovey Riddle. Not by a long shot. In 1983, when Lovey Riddle was transferred to Alabama to face crimes there, it really left Jackson County, Mississippi Sheriff's investigators with a lot more questions than answers. While they'd briefly interrogated him for the murder of Karen Ann Pierce, he'd started talking about a totally unrelated case, the death of baby Jane Delta Dawn and her missing mother. At the time though, resolving 18-year-old Karen's murder case was the top priority and all efforts by the investigators to corroborate what Lovey had said about baby Jane was never able to be proven. So the sheriff's office focused on securing a prosecution for Karen's case. Ultimately, three men named Jesse Darrell Williams, Michael Norwood, and Terrell Evans were all convicted for their parts in Karen's death. They were all known to run in the same crowd as Lovey Riddle. The following information is a detailed account of what transpired the night that Karen Ann Pierce was murdered. We gathered the material from multiple court documents and websites that have compilations of the case. The following information contains a very graphic review of the case. It contains details of a violent sexual assault and murder. For those of you whom this may trigger, we wanted to forewarn you. On the night of January 11th, 1983, Karen Ann Pierce went on a date to the scoreboard lounge in Gaucher, Mississippi. Throughout the night, she consumed beer and drugs. Her date left the lounge early in the evening after Karen refused to go home with him. Sometime after her date left, Karen was gang raped by several men at the bar. After the attack, Karen and her rapist remained at the bar. Towards the end of the evening, Jesse Darrell Williams, Michael Norwood, and Terrell Evans arrived. Terrell began talking to Karen and eventually convinced her to go for a ride with Jesse, Michael, and himself. On the way out of town, they stopped at a convenience store, bought some beer, and continued on to a secluded spot off of Interstate 10. Terrell testified that the group smoked marijuana and drank beer for an extended period of time. He also said that after having several consensual sexual encounters, Karen declined Jesse's last attempt of sexual intercourse with her. Terrell then observed Jesse tackle Karen when she attempted to run away. Shortly thereafter, Terrell saw Jesse standing over Karen's bloody body with a knife in his blood-stained hand and his foot resting upon her shoulder. Terrell said that Jesse admitted stabbing Karen in the heart and then cutting her throat. Terrell testified that Jesse had said that he was not going to leave the area until he was sure that Karen was dead. Karen's body was discovered approximately 10 days later by a hunter. At trial, a medical doctor testified that not only had Karen been brutally slashed several times with a knife, she had also been strangled and stabbed in the heart. Her killers had sliced her vagina and anus with a sharp knife. The doctor testified that she'd likely bled to death from those wounds. When the men were convicted, it was determined that Jesse had stabbed her over 30 times. Testimony from two witnesses indicate that he was enthralled by such a butchering, that he smiled immediately afterwards and joked about it days later. Jesse Darrell Williams was put to death by lethal injection on December 11, 2002. According to multiple media sources, Thomas Terrell Evans and Michael Anthony Norwood both testified against Jesse Darrell Williams. Each of them spent less than three years in prison for their parts in the death of Karen Ann Pierce. We realize that description is graphic, but it's important to get an understanding of the group of people 
Lovey Riddle was associated with, and the brutality they were capable of. Like we mentioned at the start of this episode, Lovey was arrested in 1988 in Maine. That's when he started claiming he was a prolific serial killer. At that point, all the men in Karen's case had been convicted, and the pressure was off Jackson County law enforcement to close that investigation. So Lovey's claim that he was responsible for many more killings in the 1970s and 80s, and that he knew some person named Spider, who was responsible for killing a baby and her mother in Mississippi, really thrust him back into the attention of investigators working to solve Baby Jane Delta Dawn's case. In a call I had with Lieutenant Darren Versaja of the Pascagoula Police Department, I asked him about Lovey Riddle and what he recalled. We, we realized that basically what he did, he confessed to it. Mobile authorities turned their file over to us, Jackson County authorities. Jackson County authorities started investigating that, and they he actually got an indictment, or was going to get an indictment for him, and then he recanted his story. So then he just said, I just made it up. I'm writing a book. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm telling fairy tales. And so they had to dismiss it. The most glaring thing about Lovey that investigator Hope Manning believed made him a highly suspicious person of interest in the case of baby Jane was the fact that he had a lot of information in his journals about her death and what happened to her mother, information that he claimed some character named Spider was responsible for. A lot of the information in his writings could not have been stuff that he looked up online. In the 1980s, there was no internet around to research facts or prior news coverage of the case. He admitted in the interview, according to the investigator at the time, of committing these murders, even Delta Dawn, the baby Jane. But from along in his parents, he started writing letters to the judge. And in those letters, he also said, you know, he admitted to the murders. But then he said he recanted and said that he had all that information because he was writing the book. You know, red flags were everywhere. It's like he implanted himself into these murders. He kept implanting himself into investigation. We've gotten a chance to read through excerpts of Lovey's journals, and what they contain is definitely interesting. The victims he claimed in this manifesto of sorts ranged from children to adults, including both men and women, and all of them had died by various means. Here, we will read a few portions from an official police report related to Lovey's journal entries. We've abbreviated the excerpts for the sake of time. However, there are inconsistencies in this version compared to what others have told us. What we are about to read is taken verbatim from police reports. Louis Lee Riddle Jr., Quebec, Canada. Riddle stated that the outlaws were just the gophers for other people who obtained between $10,000 and $15,000 per child. Riddle stated that sometime in 1986, he and another member of the Outlaws kidnapped a girl from either Quebec or Toronto, Canada. Riddle described the girl as a nine-year-old who was beautiful with long, dark hair. They went to a supermarket and picked her out, and when she drifted away from her mother, they snatched her and placed her in the van and took her to Houston or Spring, Texas. The deal went sour, and he took her where all the others go when a deal goes sour, meaning he dumped the body where he dumps the others when the deals do not go through. On May 9th, 1981, 
Riddle explained that he was involved in a homicide, wherein the victim was a 17-year-old girl killed on the Fox Ferry Road in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Riddle stated that they picked up this girl along the road and took her to a creek where they raped her. He talked of participating in the kidnapping of 35-plus children. Riddle took the baby and threw it off of a bridge over the Escatawba River in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Riddle claims to have been sitting on his motorcycle at the bridge when the baby was thrown off. At the time the baby was thrown off of the bridge, all it was wearing was a pair of pampers. The female became very violent when she realized the baby was not with them and started to scream at them, placed a 25 automatic pistol above her chin and shot and killed her. Riddle recalls that a three-year-old baby was later found floating in the river and was buried as baby Jane, as they could not identify the baby. The huge difference between what Lovey initially told investigators in 1983 and what he later wrote in his journals was what his role was in tossing Delta Dawn's little body over the bridge into the Escatawba River after meeting up with her mother. In his journal, he stated he killed Delta and he shot the mother with a 22 under the chin. Did it sound believable? At the time, yeah, absolutely. So you never really had a chance to rule him out as a suspect? Yeah. Career criminal Lovey Riddle's claims and writings about killing baby Jane and her missing mother were definitely bold, but they were hard to prove. Jackson County investigators spent a lot of time learning all they could about Lovey to vet whether or not he really was their killer or was just another person who wanted to brag about a crime they didn't commit. We did some digging of our own, too, for this show. Louis Lee Riddle Jr., also known as Lovey, was originally from Bay Minette, Alabama. He has been in and out of prison for everything from fraud to sexual felonies. He's a registered public sex offender who at one point in his criminal career dubbed himself the Interstate Man. According to an article in the Bangor Daily News, Lovey dropped out of school at 10 years old, but later earned his high school diploma while incarcerated during the 1990s. According to the assistant U.S. attorney, Gail Malone, who prosecuted one of his cases, his childhood was utterly neglectful. There were no boundaries for right or wrong. While producing this show, we reached out to Lovey through an email address we found on public records. He's out of prison now, we hope that he may be interested in sharing his perspective on these cases and his bizarre journal entries. But when we asked him for an interview, he replied back simply asking, quote, why, end quote. As of this recording, he has yet to respond to our last message. We have no way of determining what involvement, if any, Lovey had in the crimes he journaled about, including the case of baby Jane and her mother. Maybe one day he will publish the book about his life story that he told so many law enforcement agencies and judges he wants to write. Maybe in those pages, he will reveal a detail that opens a door for investigators. In the meantime, we're left waiting, which is exactly what Jackson County Sheriff's investigators had been doing until they got a bombshell update from Authram Labs in Houston. The genetic genealogy results were in. Coincidentally, 
They came in at the exact same time we were producing this show in Pascagoula. We had gotten the name uh, of the potential mother. We had a Facebook page. We dug deep into that Facebook page and started going through everything that was on there. And I, and I think what the lab had told us was, we believe this is the mother. It is possible that she could be an aunt. That's on the next episode of Solvable.